Hello everyone. Welcome to the Dove and Rose podcast. I'm Walter Emerson. Thank you for listening and I want to remind the listeners that if they're uh, unfamiliar with the Dove and Rose, this is formerly the Royal France podcast and I have been renaming uh, in order to appeal to hopefully a more general audience. So, but I want to have the same message. I've got the same message as I uh, go forward. I'm going to continue on with this this journey we've been. So, if you recall, uh, everything kind of pivots around this moment in 2008 when I just had this this divine glance, this unreflective certainty. I've been talking about about the importance of Joan of Arc in my life. So I talk about that every every time. That's the pivot point. And if you listen to previous uh, sessions. You know, I did a lot of explaining about what that was about and how I went about really, you know, kind of dealing with this and discovering what was behind it in the last few episodes in this particular season that I'm doing. I, I, you know, I took you back really to the beginning of my conversion and with uh, St. Therese and my introduction to her through her book and kind of brought you forward to that moment with uh, St. Joan of Arc. So if you haven't listened to those, I encourage you to do that. So as you, as you recall, one of the things that I, I kept insisting on was this, what I call the Theresean effect, or in, in, you know, in, in maybe more philosophical terms, it, it had to do with really understanding the, the truth of what she was saying, having that sort of... Uh, sort of uh, uh, sense of understanding, but not knowing what it was I was understanding, <laughs> and that this was a very, very different type of, of, of thinking for me. And what I want to do is, now that I, I've taken you up to that moment in the last episode, where I finally got to, you know, kind of what happened when uh, when sort of this moment where I understood the importance of Joan of Arc in my life and felt myself really called to follow her, uh, which I have been doing. Um, you know, now I want to talk a little bit about what happened afterward and the, the, the way my life has been transformed through the building of this, this ongoing search, this ongoing building of, of my model, because it might be something that would help you. I mean, really the reason I'm doing this is is I want to share uh, this experience, but it really what I want to do is hopefully share my experience of the experience, my experience going through and trying to understand this experience because some of these steps may be a benefit for you. And um, so I, I hope that in some way uh, people will be, will be inspired by that. So a couple of things. One of them is, that, you know, going back to the last episode, um, that sort of moment with Joan of Arc, let's talk about a couple of things here. That moment with Joan of Arc, you might have said, really, you've been talking for uh, how many episodes? And we got to Joan of Arc and it was, you read a poem by St. Therese. <laughs> we were waiting for something big. We were looking for, like, didn't you have like visions and like this, like, ele you know, like elevate to heaven or something? No, no, no. <laughs> My, I, I said in you know way back in one of them that uh, you know don't take anything. I'm just some average, just some average guy, and very much in line with Carmelite uh, 
spirituality and particularly the teachings of St. John of the Cross. You know, I, I always stay away. You know, we, we welcome these things, these these extraordinary things if God brings them to us, but uh, we don't seek them out. And in fact, according to St. John of the Cross, uh, those are not even the highest uh, order things. So no, it was actually something much more profound. It was a, it was a, just an, a movement in my interior based off of this reading, uh, this poem that I read by St. Therese, where I felt like she was interpreting uh, St. Joan of Arc for me. So I, I see that as, as, as it, it may not have been as exciting as you might have thought, but I think it's a good thing because I think it's more real and substantive when it is more within our natural sort of spirituality, Car Carmelite-oriented spirituality, as St. Therese would say, you know, day to day, just living the average ordinary life day to day. So I wanted to kind of bring that up. And the second thing I wanted to bring up was, which I think is really important, is that, you know, I've been, I've been using this language, which I think is, it, it's accurate. I'm, I'm, it's as accurate as I can make it in my description of having these unreflective certainties, these divine glances, when I was converted to understand the real and substantial presence of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. And when I read St. Therese, and I, I, I could, I could, I knew what she, I knew it was true, but I, I couldn't describe what it was that was true. <laughs> and it, so, you know, typically I think the other way around, like you give me information and then I will absorb that information and tell you whether I think it's true or not. And this was really something that was kind of opposite. And so as I continued, to, and, and the experience with St. Joan of Arc being the same. Now, what I, what I want to do is make a, a really big point, which is that I am not talking in any way at all about some kind of secret knowledge or, you know, something like that. This is about Catholic spirituality. I'm a, I'm a, a Catholic man doing my best to uh, follow the teachings of the church. And we are a visible church. And we, you know, uh, the revelation of Jesus Christ is... It, it, this is public revelation. And, you know, we don't, the, 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 the way to heaven is not a secret. It's, it's out there and it's all public revelation. So I don't, I don't ever mean to refer to some sort of secret that maybe other people don't know about. That is not it at all. And I hope nobody gains that, that kind of an impression because what I'm talking about is very everyday public information that that um, that has to do with my understanding. It was my under my sort of personal understanding that I was that I was grappling with, and you'll see that that when I talk about the you know how I sort of explored this this understanding that was still a mystery of what it was I was understanding. You know what? What? What is it about Saint Teresa's writings that are, that are true? What? What? What is it about this experience with Saint Joan of Arc that? What? What is it that I? It just you know kind of hit me like a flash, like you know a divine glance or an unreflective certainty. And so, but what you'll find is is that the path of discovery is purely through public revelation, and just you know, just general, general knowledge. 
you know, so for example, when I was converted to uh, the discovery of, of, of Jesus in the Eucharist, um, it was a moment of unreflective certainty. But what did I discover? I discovered Jesus in the Eucharist, public revelation. <laughs> I was brought to public revelation. And so I wanted to really clarify that because everything I'm talking about is intended to be within the realm of my pursuit of the meaning of these experiences within the context of the public revelation of the church. And so, so you know, with regard to that then, what happened as I sort of went forward, because I said that I there was no way I could not pursue this meaning with Joan of Arc. I couldn't, I just couldn't, I couldn't just go, oh, wow, that was inspiring. Now let me just go on about my life. It, it changed my life. It literally, it changed my life. It changed my entire orientation. It changed my intentionality. It changed what it was I focused on in life going forward. And uh, so th this was something that I really couldn't, could not, not pursue. And so, so how did I do that? Well, we're back to that descriptive writing. So I started out a long time ago talking about, well, I began with this descriptive phenomenology. And, and so now we're back, back to that point. Naturally, I didn't really know. All I knew was I wanted to share this information. I, I wanted to try to explain what it was that I was experiencing. What were these moments of understanding that I couldn't describe. Well, I started trying to describe them. Now I was unable to just write and say, oh, let me describe here. This is this is what it was. I just wasn't able to do that. The only way I could do it was to just start describing this 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 what this experience meant to me. Really the meaning. I just just here's what this means to me. This is this is sort of a, 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 you know, a metaphor. This is an image. I developed the whole thing, a concept of walking the trail of the dogmatic creed with St. Joan and St. Therese. And that what, that what I mean is walking the trail of uncovering this mystery, but using the context of the church, the metaphysics and the scholasticism of the church, uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, St. Augustine, as the guardrails so that, you know, I, I don't get too, too far out. But I discover within the context of that public revelation guarding me on, on either side, I, I seek to discover and explain and describe what's happening to me, which, which I feel is moving me along a path. You know, the more I would write and describe, the more I felt I was sort of advancing with St. Joan of Arc and St. Therese. They were my patronesses. They were my, my, my guides, and they were guiding me along the trail of the dogmatic creed. And to, to where? Well, there was this sort of mis, mysterious vision of a kingdom in the distance. Well, am I talking about some sort of hidden kingdom no one knows about? No, I'm talking about the kingdom of God that's proclaimed in public revelation. And so I felt like that was essentially... This was the Lord and Our Lady calling me, saying, you know, these are the influences. We want to draw you to the kingdom uh, through these influences, and, and you need to follow them. And so that's, that's what I was doing. And so I, I developed that, that concept of walking the trail of dogmatic creed, 
with St. Joan of St. Therese. So notice that I, 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 I'm having trouble. Like I can't get to, you know, a few sentence or a paragraph explanation of, you know, what this is. I can only just continue to describe the experience, the meaning to me. And so this is when sort of my map, my map of meaning began to alter. So I had, you know, my former map of meaning in the old life where I look out on the world and certain things have meaning to me, other things don't have meaning. I see meaningful, um, I see places of meaning surrounded by a sea of irrelevances. You know, but then that map began to change because I'm following St. Joan and St. Therese. And I'm having to try to see the world more like they see it, which is what I call an empathic devotion, empathy. I began to try to see the world. And so naturally, my map of meaning began to shift. And so that was what I really call devotional descriptive writing, which is where, now I look back and realize from a philosophical standpoint that we could call that phenomenological, descriptive phenomenology, but I didn't refer to it at the time because I certainly didn't, uh, didn't know. But it, it did, I did sort of then get led to, okay, how can I go further? What, what do I do now that I'm describing this? What do I do now that, uh, that, that I'm sort of, you know, doing my best to explain what I feel I cannot explain. And this is when, you know, just, it just so happened, I came across St. Edith Stein's book on the science of the cross, where her, it's her commentary on the work of St. John of the Cross. And her, her language was beautiful, but it was different. As I've referred to before, I was familiar with you know, how a lot of the mystics communicated. Uh, she had, and being a Carmelite, she certainly had a lot of that, but but there was also something else that was there that was different. And then I came to realize, of course, it was her philosophical background. So then I started pursuing her philosophical background, which was in phenomenology. And then I came to see how she brought phenomenology, you know, modern phenomenology together with medieval scholasticism in a beautiful way. And, and I looked and I said, that's, that is the end. I need that. that. That's what I'm looking for. And began to, began to follow that. And the, the first piece of that was really the metaphysics part. I started becoming much more um, attentive to the metaphysics of the church. Not that I didn't know them, but I just, you know, what I realized was I needed to get back to uh, studying Plato and Aristotle and things like that. And, and, and what, I, what I felt deep inside was that this was really a platonic orientation in me. That, okay, if, I, if, there's, if there's some true reality that I, I'm, I'm up against and I can sense the, the truth, the meaning, the substance of it, but I, but I don't know, I can't, I can't describe it uh, the knowledge is not there for me to describe it. Well, what makes more sense than that platonic orientation of knowing that, you know, there there is not platonic orientation in the way the church interprets it, which let's go and say the way St. Augustine interprets it as sort of that, that Catholic understanding of 
the Platonic orientation as being, you know, uh, in the mind of in the mind of God. So, but clearly, I could see when I looked at it uh, in sort of that orientation that there was something, there was truth, beauty, and goodness. So what I realized was I came up against truth, beauty, and goodness that that were existed in God, not in some independent area of forms, as Plato would say, but existed in God that were perfect and toward which we're called in our very imperfect way to move toward. And, and that's what I really came to under, understand. And I, so I really focused, that was my first step. So in my writing, there, there there's a period where I entered this 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 period of doing a lot of writing around the platonic orientation and even talking about St. Joan's platonic orientation. And then I talked about how she gave me a new pair of glasses or the way I described it was if you're, if you're walking down a trail and you see a sign and you have a pair of glasses on, but the glasses are backwards, you can't, you can't read the sign. But if you take the glasses and someone turns them over and puts them on you the correct way, suddenly you can see the sign. <laughs> and that's how I felt. That's what I felt that moment with St. Joan did to me. I, it was, it was, I felt as if she had taken my glasses, turned them over, and put them back on, and suddenly I could see. And I kind of really, the best way I could describe that was really through that Augustinian Platonic sort of shift in my thinking. So I began to see truth as not something I try to figure out from down here, but truth is something that is, I hate to say up there, but spiritually speaking, metaphorically speaking, up there that I need to be, that, that I need to be oriented toward. And that's why I knew it was true and could understand it, but didn't know what it was. And that just made, so that whole sort of Augustinian Platonic thing really made a lot of sense, suddenly made a lot of sense to me. And so that was, you know, I, I thought at that point, well, I really discovered, you know, something. And I, I did indeed. And so what I did understand, and notice that it started moving me a little bit into this philosophical because I was wanting to communicate this in a way that I could reach more people, and that a phil, you know speaking sometimes a little bit more philosophically might might help do that, particularly for those who are not oriented toward Catholicism or don't want to hear it, or or uh, but they might want to listen to something that has a more philosophical foundation. And so I really focused on that. And I really thought that was kind of it, was I found this sort of new understanding of a new philosophical orientation that St. Joan had, you know, that's what she did. She took my glasses off, turned them over. And uh, now instead of trying to figure out truth down here and, and, you know, essentially have heaven prove itself to me, uh, it was the other way around. I could see that truth was in heaven <laughs> with God, and I needed to conform myself to it. That that was really, and so the, it was a big, you know that was a that was a big moment. It was a really the moment I kind of stepped into this philosophical orientation. Now, what you'll see, because I'm going to kind of end this here, we'll talk about the phenomenology later. But what you'll see was that uh, it was my introduction 
to going deeper into the metaphysics, the Catholic metaphysics of truth, beauty, and, and goodness. So when, when St. Edith Stein came into my writing, when she entered the scene, this it wasn't from just a, oh, here's, you know, let's do a phenomenological approach. She brought together phenomenology and metaphysics. She kind of married those two in a way that's just that's just beautiful. And, I, and, and so the first impact I had of her influence was orienting me toward the metaphysical side, the, the truth, beauty, and goodness that comes out of the public revelation of the church. And I kind of thought that was it. But the quest had to continue. The journey had to continue. And there were, there were more things that I needed to learn. And that became a great benefit to me. So, so firmly established in the church's metaphysics, now St. Edith Stein could lead me to understand more about how a phenomenological approach to understanding all this could reveal more to me, uncover more to me, uh, to bring more coherence to my life. And uh, out of this public revelation of the church. And so I had to continue, you know, beyond even this, this metaphysics to a deeper phenomenological understanding of what was happening. And so why is this important? Because I'm moving along the trail of the dogmatic creed doing this. This is the path of growth for me. Now, I don't know if it's, if it's your path, but I'm sharing it because others may find that this is beneficial. This was essentially our Lord and our Lady's call to say, this is the, this is the path we want you to go. This is the, the steps we want you to take. And so it was to follow St. Joan of Arc with the assistance of St. Therese and receiving the help then at a certain point with this philosophical um, understanding that I needed both metaphysics and phenomenology to understand this, which came from St. Edith Stein. So that kind of brings you from the, now I've moved from the descriptive phenomenology now into where one would find in my writings this introduction of this kind of a philosophical orientation and, and, and Plato and and the Platonic orientation and St. Joan, uh, you know, turning my glasses over and giving me a new point of view. And so um, I'm going to talk about that more next time. So we're up through descriptive phenomenology, the introduction or the, the, the sort of um, emphasis on Catholic metaphysics and the philosophy supporting Catholic metaphysics, truth, beauty, and goodness. So in the next episode, I want to go beyond that into the phenomenology that forms the, the, the second piece of that as I journey on the trail of the dogmatic creed. So we still have a lot to do. I I hope you uh, hope you enjoyed that and I look forward to talking to you in the next one. Thank you. God bless.